Saturday the 23rd? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, welcome to the Vacation Impossible podcast. Today is Saturday, June 23rd, and we are uh, somewhere between uh, the Cayman Islands and Tampa. I think the ship, uh, we're on the Miracle right now, it's currently working its way around Cuba, uh, and then heading up into Florida. So, um, yeah, the trip so far has been uh, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely good. Yep. It was. It, it, this, we're celebrating a couple of birthdays on this trip, so so I, maybe the the birthday people might want to talk about the trip so far, since this is kind of a big big thing for them. Well, uh, I'm the person who gave birth to that person 35 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So this was my uh, birthday cruise, and uh, one of the things I've been wanting to do for a really really long time was for my 35th birthday was to go see a sloth. Uh, uh, the original plan was to go to Costa Rica. We were going to spend a couple of weeks in Costa Rica and kind of go all over the place. It's okay, it's good. Uh, and um, but you know, we uh, since then became in love with cruising. Um, and a friend of ours, a couple of friends of ours, had this really good idea about, hey, why don't you just take a cruise then to to Costa Rica? And I was like, well, they don't cruise to Costa Rica. Uh, are you sure? And of course, and Ray at the time was on a cruise. <laughs> and weird. And so <laughs> yeah, we, really weird. Uh, he hardly ever goes on a cruise. Like no cruises at all. That's what I do. I did, I did, <laughs> I did six in 2016. Check out the video. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, uh, yeah, we we went on the Carnival website, and sure enough, there was a Panama sailing uh, where you do partial transit through Panama, and that was the initial plan too. Yes. And so we'd be sailing out of again Tampa or Baltimore, and you know all the way down and. And through to Limon, where we could have gone to the Sloth Sanctuary, which is still something I would mind doing at some point. But, uh, you know, it's two weeks of, of you know, in one destination, which for Ray is, you know, pretty atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I don't mind. I mean, I've actually been thinking about doing something like that. Like, um, if I weren't to take a cruise, would I want to do like an all-inclusive to El Cid and Mazatlan? I wouldn't mind trying that, maybe. Or a couple other cool. things here and there. It's also just that Costa Rica, it, because of the flights, it would be very expensive. Yeah, that's yeah. The, the, the cost of flights are, are pretty cost prohibitive. Um, and even though the all-inclusives there aren't so bad as far as price is concerned, get, just getting there is, is quite a bit. Uh, but there's a ton of stuff to do in Costa Rica. Uh, they're known mm-hmm. for the zip lining. They have all these amazing uh, volcano lakes uh, that you can swim in and all, tons of hiking, which I know you'd like. Uh, yeah. And the really cool thing actually recently I learned about Costa Rica is they're actually getting rid of all their zoos. Um, cool. And so they have they have uh, reserves still um, and like wildlife sanctuaries, but they're getting rid of all of their zoos. They're actually the only nation so far as far, I could be wrong, but as far as I know, I believe they're the only nation to completely uh, get rid of zoos. Uh, so I think that's pretty, pretty cool. Um, but anyways, uh, things. I'm, I'm not sure why we kind of changed our mind, but I think somehow Ray kind of stumbled upon uh, this amazing excursion called the Daniel Johnson's Monkey and Sloth Hand. Uh, it was through one of the many uh, carnival cruise groups that we're part of. Um, and he sent, me, he sent me. Yeah, he sent me this picture of this girl hugging a sloth uh, uh, in Mahogany Bay, and we just came back from Mahogany Bay. <laughs> uh, and he's like, "You could have done this." And I was, I was a little mad. Uh, tears, yeah, just a tiny little tears bit. Tears may have sprung up 
um, tears did spring up. Uh, and so we, I said, well, that's, well, clearly we know what we're going to be doing then for my 35th birthday. We're cruising to Mahogany and all of our cruises from now on, we're going to Mahogany Bay. Well, hold on, what? <laughs> that's, that's new. I thought I, you were talking figured, about the panorama in 2019. I, I, that's I had, on the West Coast Well, I, that, was, that, was, that was my immediate reaction was I'm like, from now on, we are only sailing cruises that go to Mahogany Bay. <laughs> so, so, you, so for clarity, you used to feel that way. I used to feel that way. And, and now we're okay to go to other places too? Every now and then we can do that. And, uh, every now and then. <laughs> um, and so yeah, so we, we, that was one of the uh, things that we did this cruise is we did the Daniel Johnson's Monkey Sloth Hangout um, and they were so good it was the only um, off book excursion that we booked uh, on a cruise uh, I know you guys have kind of done a couple of things that are kind of close to that we've kind no, of no, 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 no. no and yeah it was fantastic uh, the the woman Karen who picked us up uh, was insanely knowledgeable about the history of Honduras and about Ilamaroa Town specifically, which is where where Mahogany Bay is located, um, and like I mean, pretty much you throw any question at her and she would have the answer. Uh, and and then we went to see the animals, <laughs> and got to see a raccoon, which is super exciting because I've never seen those before. And, Sarcasm. Yeah, and, and, I th- think we should make this a cliffhanger. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, that's true because we took tons of pictures and videos <laughs> so you're going to want to stay tuned to the Vacation Impossible YouTube channel so you can see more uh, where we're going to have all the pictures and the video and everything out there but in short we highly recommend Daniel Johnson's 100%. Monkey and Sloth Hangout and uh, shout out to Karen Jones our uh, tour guide she was absolutely fantastic and uh, yeah more to come and Luke Luke who was also our the guide tour guide at the sanctuary, at the sanctuary. and Daniel Johnson himself oh, oh, yeah who did something that we really liked so, but yeah. we're not gonna tell you. Yeah, <laughs> not now. Teaser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot more, a lot more to come on that. But we do, if you have the opportunity, we highly recommend it. Um, the only downsides were is a bit of a walk to the point where they pick you up, and the mm-hmm. roads aren't in the greatest condition. Yeah. Uh, and and the vehicle you use is a little old, but it's got air conditioning. Uh, and that's me struggling to be critical. Everything else was positive. Yeah, and I think the vehicle thing is really kind of luck of the draw. Uh, we just happen to get one of the older, smaller ones. Yeah, it's possible. So. Uh, and uh, and the funny, th- the funny thing is that. That like uh, I'm I'm one of those people who likes to count her steps. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, so you get all the free steps. Is it I, I get a lot of free steps. Yes. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. They're like you you walk up this hill and you walk down a little hill and it's like this super steep little hill and you're just like I don't want to walk back up that. Yeah, you're gonna you're not gonna want to wear your flip flops that day because uh, no. you're gonna do a decent amount of walking. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so stay tuned to uh, youtubecom impossible for more on that. Uh, and also, our, we'll be posting pictures on our Instagram, which is also Vacation Impossible, so you can see pictures uh, even on our Flickr. Uh, we'll have pictures everywhere of that excursion, so stay tuned. Um, so just some general stuff about what's going on these days. Um, we were thinking we might be invited back to the Mario Marathon as part of this trip, but uh, that didn't materialize. Um, but something is going on with the Mario Marathon, we don't know what it is. Um, I'm actually in the uh, the planning group chat, or maybe I was, I don't know, uh, because there hasn't been a discussion about anything in weeks. Um, but there was an update to the Mario Marathon website while we were on this trip, uh, and it's, uh, it's calling it Mario Marathon Sun and Moon. And it's like a little uh, paragraph has been updated on the website that says something like, you know, oh, when the sun and the moon meet, something amazing happens. And it, and it gives a little backstory about the first marathon. Um, and so they've updated the goals. And so, for example, the moons are the, th- the, the things that you acquire in Super Mario Odyssey. 
And so that's referring to that. And I think sun is probably referring to shines that you get in Sunshine. So, uh, which is the game that vexes the Mario Marathon the most. <laughs> uh, so I think it's going to be a focus on those two games. They've updated the schedule that has, like, levels, and they've updated the um, the donation threshold that's been reset. So, uh, you know, it's not last year's total. Um, but the dates were Friday, June 23rd, to begin. And today is June 23rd, but today is Saturday. So I don't know when or what is going on there. Um, so even with my little minuscule of insider knowledge, I'm at a loss. So it looks like there's going to be some form of Mary Marathon at some point, possibly this year. Um, but at this point, it's the realm of myth. I don't really know. Mm -hmm. um, we're also planning, uh, just talking about future plans, in October, we're probably going to go to Portland Retro Gaming Expo again. And I might take my, what, third or fourth or fifth attempt at recording a podcast there. We'll <laughs> see if it happens. I would bet against it. <laughs> um, but uh, we haven't bought our tickets yet uh, but Pet Country and Ian Ferguson have both mentioned that they will be going it wasn't up on their website before we left uh, once they're fully confirmed we'll probably buy tickets and we'll do a nice little road trip down to that yeah. Yeah. Um, that? that's oh, October October I don't remember the exact date. It's early mid-October. Yeah, it's like the, the, uh, the third week of October I think 21st or something I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, it's usually like the week uh, after Thanksgiving It's like the third, third, yeah, third, third week in October. Yeah. We'd love to go to Portland. Portland is so much fun. So, I love Portland. It's a very nice I, I'm a, I'm a friend that lives in Portland, so shout out to Jess. Hi! Um, <laughs> and uh, hoping to maybe see her and her family when we're down there. Yeah, that's the, one of the challenges uh, in Portland is there's so there's actually so much to do. I know, like, years ago when I first went, I said it was lovely but nothing to do. That's because I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, but now, <laughs> having been there a few times, uh, there's there's so much to do that we never seem to be able to fit it all in. You know, we want to go to the duty... Uh, like, this, there's, it's tax-free in that state. There's no sales tax. So we want to go to the outlets, and we want to go to, you know, Ground Control, the classic arcade, uh, which is fantastic. We want to go to Voodoo Donuts. We want to go to various, you know, restaurants and different things, and we want to see people record a podcast and do Portland Retro Gaming Expo. So, um, and they also have a, so much, an amazing, too much. Uh, in Hillsborough, I think, there's an amazing beach there. I think it's called Cannon Beach or something like that. I've been there before, and it's so pretty and so nice, and it's so Oregonian, uh, <laughs> and, and if that's how you pronounce it. Uh, so it'd be really cool, even if you could kind of squeeze it an extra day or something like that to, to do. But yeah, there's so much. But they got rid of the Rhinelander right here. Yeah, yeah, that closed. Uh, hey, what? The Rhinelander was this German restaurant awesome. um, that I had gone to with my family years and years ago. And then uh, more recently, we had gone at, a, at another Portland Retro Gaming Expo expedition of ours. Uh, but okay. it is gone. So, I mean, so, it makes so, things so simple. So let me get this straight. <laughs> the best thing to do. to Portland mm -hmm. and you're not spending all four days at Powell's Bookstore? Oh, right, I, f I didn't even mention Powell's. <laughs> Although, uh, in my defense, uh, years ago, um, in, in a trip that we have videos out on, which I think was called uh, what Amtrak Cascades Rail Travel in the 21st Century or something like that, I took a train down to Portland and I stayed at... Uh, a hotel, the Mark Spencer, which I have a video review of up on our YouTube channel, um, that is basically like half a block away from Powell's. And I made at least three runs to Powell's with my arms full of books. <laughs> and I went down with an empty suitcase and came back with a very full suitcase. <laughs> so I have done the Powell's thing. And yeah, I'm, I'm definitely welcome, uh, you know, uh, open to the idea of going back. Um, so no disrespect to Powell's. Powell's is fantastic. I have a, I have a glass from there that I use all the time. So yeah. like, I'm, I'm tight with Powell's, but there's just so much to do it's hard to fit it in it is there's a lot to do there and and also i mean with the amount of books you can order off the internet nowadays too that's kind of like you know maybe i'll have no impulse control and i'll just order what i want off the internet rather than waiting to see if i can get oh, it at a better oh, price i can see mom's heart just breaking just a little bit yes <laughs> like you know there is amazon and then there is a bookstore Yay. yeah well i i recently <laughs> 
I re- I recent I recently ordered six copies of the same book off of the internet because mm. it was very hard to get otherwise. Yeah, that... And that was that was well, that wasn't Amazon. It was some sort of international uh, book retailer. Uh, it shipped from like the UK. It was the only way I was able to get that many copies of that book. But hey, I'm all for physical bookstores too. I generally prefer to shop in a physical bookstore. But when you want six copies of a book that hasn't really had a, a fresh print in many many years that you want to give as gifts, your hands are kind of tied. Mm. Uh, so I mean, yeah, there's there's that, but I do highly recommend Powell's, um, and and uh, Powell's is in like a nice area where there's a lot of other stuff to see and do mm-hmm. as well. So uh, Portland's motto is uh, I don't know if it's official or if it's the unofficial motto. It's keep Portland weird, and they're doing the job. Yeah. <laughs> so lots of stuff there. Um, some other future travel plans we're looking at is uh, we did announce on the podcast earlier about the Panorama being ported in Long Beach. So uh, we're looking in December of 2019, possibly doing a back-to-back there. The first sailing is a three-day. Uh, you, you can tell how I say that, how I yeah, feel about to, and, it. Yeah, though. And yeah, I mean the annual Ensenada trip. Uh, but uh, it's immediately followed by a seven-day Mexican Riviera, which goes to you know Cabo San Lucas, Mazatlan, and Puerto Vallarta. So we might we might do back to back to try and get on the maiden uh, voyage. She's actually not having guests on her. They're not doing the Mediterranean. They're not having guests on her as it's transiting across from Europe. Um, its first voyage will be out of LA, going to Ensenada, and part of that is because the um, lifeboats won't be ready. They're going to be actually installing the final lifeboats in LA, I believe, and they're oh. going to be doing prep on the lifeboats as it comes across the Atlantic. So uh, that's why there's no transatlantic, oh, um, which is which is oh. interesting and a little weird. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you got to have the lifeboats um, as the you know sufficient capacity for all the people. So um, also for uh, this year, we don't have any other trips planned other than Portland Retro Gaming Expo. But I have yet to make my annual pilgrimage to Ensenada. I've been to Ensenada at least once a year since I discovered cruising in 2013. So will I find a four day? Because a three day would be so short. Yeah. D- yeah. Why would you do just a three day? It's like halfway through the safety briefing, you get your luggage tag for debarkation. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would. Uh, you know, I'll see about possibly fitting something. And you talked about maybe doing the cruise in December. I think as well yeah I mean it's like I have been kind of looking at that at, at the carnival site like all the time and like <laughs> yeah. I just mm. oh here's a 359 <laughs> one here's a four and a four dollar one <laughs> and and I predict that uh, uh, I will not be able to hold back yeah. well I, w- I certainly wouldn't say no to go to Ensenada again I actually quite like that that's probably one of my favorite uh, ports to be honest um, and not because the Wi-Fi is really good. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that is a minority opinion, I find. Most people have been to Ensenada. Um, they, you know, they like it, but uh, most, uh, like, favorite, I'd like, I'm sure you and Sam would have an epic argument because he does not think Ensenada is very good. No, I, think, I enjoy it. I, you know, I think it's, especially with, I mean, granted, I haven't seen it before they did all the work that they've done on it, but uh, this is really nice, beautiful big boardwalk, so you can do this really nice walking. We've got that water show. We uh, there's uh, there's a way you can kind of experience a little bit of authenticity with, with for those of you who kind of like the authentic experience of kind of seeing Mexico for what Mexico is, um, but but still have some of that spit and polish, you know. Uh, and it's not it's not your typical port city, uh, so you're hmm. not kind of you know once you get off the port you're bombarded with Del Sol's and you know oh, Diamond really? Internationals oh. and I mean they they are there but it's not you're not like hitting the face with them. Like I was just saying, um, yes. No, I don't. I don't even know that they really are there. I, I think they're like a couple blocks away. Like you have to kind of find them. Oh. I do vaguely recall seeing them when we were looking because I, I remember I needed to get a silver shade, um, and and so I do vaguely recall seeing something like that. But they're they're really not there because I found I, yesterday we went to Grand Cayman, which is my first time actually in Grand Cayman, 
and in a very pretty city for for the you know three or four blocks that I saw because we decided not to uh, uh, an excursion. And uh, one thing I noticed though is that really, by and large, a lot of the the ports all kind of look the same. Um, and so you've kind of you, at least those I've seen, you've seen one, you've seen them all. Uh, there, aside from the aesthetic, I found honestly there was a whole lot of difference between Ketchikan and Grand Cayman. Uh, as far as the stores were that were there and all that sort of stuff, and and the, just kind of the the look and the layout even, yeah. Um, and so uh, I mean, yes, obviously the aesthetic is different, obviously the climate is different, all that sort of stuff. There's there's the obvious differences, but but really the the. Um, you're talking the, about the variety of the shopping? The variety of the shopping, the stores. I mean, they had the Del Sol, they had the Tanzanite, they had the Diamonds International, they had, you know, they had, you know, their kind of, their kitschy restaurants uh, and all that sort of stuff. And it's all, and, you know, the the, the shape of the buildings, the aesthetic of the buildings, uh, uh, the layout of the first few blocks from the port, they all look basically the same. There's a few, and that's, uh, you know, Mahogany Bay is very, very different in that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Grand Turk, there's a few exceptions. Um, but, but I find that with Ensenada, you're not you're not getting off the ship and going hello hello spend your money with me peace like come on like give me give me all your money give me all your money and you're not you're not bombarded with taxi drivers wanting to drive you everywhere and you're not I mean they are there yes there's there a, are. yeah there's a little bit it's not so much taxi drivers it's like scooter or car rentals yeah. and there'll be a couple kids with the chiclet you know yeah. you know stereotype or with some uh, jewelry or stuff but yeah it's like you walk a couple like you walk the equivalent of a block away from the ship and you've got that really nice boardwalk which is good with the Wi-Fi yeah. and the water shows uh, but if you continue towards downtown like another block you'll you'll get a little bit of that mm-hmm. and then you walk past that and suddenly you're just in downtown Mexico basically yeah. uh, where it is um, yeah it's it's not so bad is yeah. Ensenada a port or like a sorry a tender or do you got a? It's it's a or, dock. Or it's a dock. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. You just walk right off the you ship and you're ship and you're right there. Yeah. yeah. So so for that reason, so you kind of you you feel like you're actually seeing Mexico, but at the same time you're not feeling like you know you're gonna get you know attacked by you know cartels or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> or taken advantage of in some other way, like a exactly. super expensive something. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 for 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 many many reasons, uh, that's why I you know really like Ensenada as a port. So I, I like the idea of going back to Ensenada. Yeah. Although Ensenada, um, I suppose I don't want to overstate how how nice it is in the sense that uh, one time I was there, I was buying something for my mother. I got her like a fan. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it was in downtown, and so I negotiated a price. And they said, oh, do you want that in a bag? And I foolishly said yes, and here's why this was a mistake, is because they went around their display to ostensibly put the nice fan that I saw into the bag, uh. but instead they took a broken one and put that into the bag, and I didn't notice until I was home. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, so yeah. that watch watch for the, oh, would you like that in a bag? No. Maybe no. just, uh, or, or just, if you want the bag, have them hand you the bag, and you put it in the bag. But uh, keep an eye on it. Or if they put it in the bag, immediately take it out... And, and check it quickly to make sure it's still the same one because that was a bit of a bait and switch that I got I mean it's like an $8 thing so I wasn't out that much but it still annoyed me because it was supposed to be a gift yeah. oh and you might have this parody in Sonata is the home of the margarita oh well Ooh. okay so there's two so things some research is required that's, that's really interesting <laughs> I have to say I was I was never interested in Ensenada especially in three or four days like yeah. you know I find that very unattractive and plus I've heard that it's it's really like very much for the college drinking crowd it can't. Uh, it absolutely can't. Make a joke that it's a Section Eight cruise, yeah. Yeah. So, so you <laughs> and know, spring that break. Oh god, that doesn't uh, uh, appeal to me. But, but now that you've said that there is this nice boardwalk, that there is, you know, the the Mexican atmosphere, and the margaritas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have, have all these changes occurred since I was there? Because I've only been there once. Um. So is that or is that? I was back in what twenty fifteen. Something like that, fifteen or fourteen. 
I think 14. Uh, I don't think the, I think the boardwalk was under construction, but nothing was up and running yet. Okay. Um, so but I did I did take you to uh, I remember I took you to my favorite Ensenada restaurant, which is Tacos del Sol. Yes. Uh, and, and they had really good good margaritas, good yep. price, um, good people. Uh, yeah. And it's not the super pushy one. Like you walk down, uh, you know, uh, down downtown Ensenada, and there's people constantly trying to sell you things. You know, mm-hmm. everyone's your amigo, right? Uh, I have so many amigos in, <laughs> in Ensenada. Everyone's my friend. More than three. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And um, but I remember the way that I discovered uh, Tacos del Sol is I was walking back trying to hunt for free Wi-Fi like I do, and uh, the guy just asked me one question. He goes, "Hey, is it taco time or margarita time?" And it wasn't like you know, and that was it. And he didn't push. And I was like, oh, "I don't know." And he says, "Well, let me know if you decide." And that was it. Nice. And so and, and then I and then I detected their free Wi-Fi, <laughs> and I was like. I think it's tacos time. No, it's tacos and margarita time. I went in, and I think it's the owner. I haven't. I, I've seen him once or twice since then, but it's hit or miss. Sometimes you just get staff. But he was like the world's greatest expert in Ensenada. He could tell you about the city's founding, about its major events, its its economy, what its real estate market was doing, uh, famous people that have visited, and interesting stories and things that have occurred. Um, and Ensenada is known for uh, racing. Yeah, and so like motocross racing or, or, or rally car or something. something I'm not like sure. Or both, maybe? Uh, but you might want to check. There was an it, event happening when we were there, wasn't there? There was something going on. Uh, I think they were preparing for it. Uh, yeah. But it, I think there's something in like February and something in like November. I could be wrong, but that might be worth checking out before you go because if you want to see it, that's great. If not, it's probably going to be a zoo. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was part of the the appeal of the place, uh, and that's why I really go back. And you know, you get a margarita and you know pulled pork nachos for like eight dollars American, and you're like, so, all right. So that sounds like very very different from your experience yesterday. Yeah. Oh, because we went to the. I was telling her about the Hard Rock where we spent an insane amount of money for not a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, we went to the the Hard Rock in Grand Cayman, and it's nice because it has fast Wi-Fi with a very simple password. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the, it has virtually no air conditioning. The service is pretty slow, and it's a little pricey. And the price can creep up on you because all the prices are listed in Grand Cayman dollars, which are uh, which yeah. to convert to American, you add about like ten to twenty percent. So, um, and the, so the prices weren't incredibly reasonable uh, because there were four of us. We got each one drink, one appetizer, and it came to $140, and they built in gratuity yeah. uh, into that 140 So it's 122 before the gratuity. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, it's 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 not the most cost-effective place by any means. No, no, that was yeah, that was a fair bit of sticker shock, because we were like, what? Like, we didn't really, you know, and I've seen her call, I mean, I was thinking, like, I'm just going to get the, you know, appetizer and a drink. Granted, I got the large drink, because I'm like, yeah, just kind of trying to keep costs down a little bit. And, uh, nope, that did not happen. <laughs> However, uh, the drinks were pretty strong. They were very <laughs> strong. I had it. I had How you doing, Mike? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Finally sober. <laughs> First I went to that help. place three days ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was a strong drink. Yeah. It was very blue. It was like it radioactive was very blue. blue. Yeah, blue. rum, wasn't it? Rum or vodka. Southern was... Comfort, I think. Southern Comfort, okay. So yeah. that's a bourbon, I believe. It's, yeah, it was, yeah. So, you know, it, the, go at your, your own risk, basically, when it comes to the hard rocking Grand Cayman. No, it's funny for me, though, because I'm usually the, the driver in the family. And so uh, if I have a drink, I'll only have one drink. Mm-hmm. And I drink, like, right away, basically, and I have it very quickly. So I can, you know, have a drink, but then you have time to kind of allow my body to metabolize it. And so I'm still in, like, I'm being the safe driver mode. And so I just, just slam back, back my drink. <laughs> and, like, everyone else had, like, a quarter of theirs. I'm like, oh, I have no alcohol left. <laughs> yeah, it was like this this milky blue turquoise thing. And it was yeah. just 
gone like 90 <laughs> seconds well it's basically a pita colada blue curacao yeah. and so i was like give me all the drink and then like, like yeah i got like halfway through his he's like i'm done i'm like i will help you yeah oh, i gave so you kind. part of mine because i couldn't drink well mine. yeah mine yeah. was you know yeah. I, I was already drunk after two sips <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that was pretty good. Um, just a couple things um, to acknowledge about our YouTube channel. Uh, we hit some milestones recently. Uh, we passed 300,000 views across the channel and over 700 subscribers. Yay. Awesome! Yay! So uh, I just, uh, for those of you who have checked out our videos and have subscribed to the channel, I just want to say thank you. Uh, and uh, it's, it's really quite amazing. These numbers are starting to get very humbling uh, and we really appreciate it. And um, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to the continuing growth and, uh, and interaction with all of you. So thanks for listening and for watching. Yeah. Um, so Isabella, you had, you had something you wanted to talk about on the podcast, I believe. I want to, what did I want to talk about? I don't know. Mindy said you had something you wanted to talk about. Oh, oh really? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, so here's, uh, so, so one of the things that I like doing is, is when, I, when I go on Facebook, I'm, I'm also on a lot of Carnival Facebook groups. Uh, um, and and I always kind of you know look you know is there are there any questions that I haven't thought about yet or that are interesting questions mm -hmm. or whatever, and uh, don't find that many once in a while I do but yesterday all of a sudden something occurred to me that that I hadn't asked before and I hadn't seen asked before, and that's uh, um, so it's interesting to look at the nationalities uh, uh, in the in the uh, crew here lots and lots of Indonesians lots of Eastern Europeans, a, 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 a good amount of people from the Philippines, Malaysians, uh, Malaysians you know, uh, um, occasional Jamaica. American. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Jamaica yesterday, uh, the, the lovely guest service person was from Guyana. So that's nice. almost oh. Caribbean still. <laughs> uh, um, but what I don't see at all or hardly ever is people from Africa, except for I've seen a few people from Israel and a few people from South Africa, but like Nigeria, Morocco, or the Middle East, uh, yeah. um, uh, uh, Iran, Iraq, uh, um, just nothing. And I'm really wondering what that is about. I mean, Maya had an idea that that maybe it's because the uh, for the for the for your first trip, you need to pay for your first trip yeah, the and maybe does, yeah. maybe maybe it's a little too expensive the other the other thought that i had yesterday though is i overheard or was it this morning i overheard irina uh, one of the servers who has the most amazing blue eyes she's from belarus uh, and she said something i think i heard overheard her say something about recruiters that's so, that was so my theory so there's these recruiting companies, must be recruiting companies, I mean they're not yeah. all going directly to of Carnival, course. and so maybe these recruiting companies don't operate in Africa, in the Middle East, I don't know. It, it so, could be that there's there's uh, legislation or rules about how, how and where they can recruit and stuff like that, and um, maybe they're just, or maybe there just isn't a lot of appeal to recruit uh, for uh, outside tourism um, uh, in those particular continents and nations. Um, yeah. And so there's probably yeah. more recruiting for things like mining and whatnot, um, and like local tourism, rather than sending people out for the Who tourism knows? industry. I don't Who know. Knows? But, but I, I did uh, today. I was wondering whether if whether or not uh, tourism was part of, or sorry, whether or not recruiting was part of it, that mm -hmm. they're just not focusing their efforts on those particular continents. Or maybe there are no areas. no recruiting companies that have a relationship with with Carnival who recruit in Africa. 
So, so um, well, let's see if we can eventually answer that question. Yeah, I mean, I had some thoughts about it because all the African nations that you just mentioned, I could remember mm -hmm. encountering people from. But from the Middle East, you make a good point. I haven't seen very many. Um, and so I was thinking about from an from the Africa, the continent of Africa standpoint, I'm thinking about where it is geographically located um, on major shipping routes that I think that if there were people who had certain skills, uh, more technical, like an engineering or, or captain or, you know, helmsman or whatever, um, that the shipping industry there and their local ports uh, or, you know, would probably have them in high demand for that and probably pay more, perhaps more competitively because it's such a massive shipping channel. That's one thought I had. Yeah. Um, and I mean, possibly those in more yeah. desperate economic situations, like in Somalia and stuff, there's, there's piracy, yeah. uh, which is a concern. Um, yeah, but you know, Nigeria? Yeah, I've seen a few Nigerians. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, I mean, admittedly, but, not very many. It's yeah, a very small yeah. I mean, it's very, very small. Yeah, we saw a couple yeah. people like Zimbabwe or whatever. But uh, it's, or it's, it's Egypt, a, or, you know. It's also entirely possible that they are, like you said, because of the shipping lanes and all that, because they have a, a certain technical skill set, that they actually are working but are part of the engineering crew here. And, and so we wouldn't not see them. And they're, not, we're, they're just not visible because mm -hmm. they're not part of the guest uh, crew. They're more part of the engineering behind crew the and behind the scenes yeah. type stuff. So it could very well be that that's, you know, I don't know. I'm spe I mean, it's all speculation, really. Um, With regards to the Middle East, I had a uh, slightly different thought, is there uh, there might be conflicts between uh, their religion and the work they'd be asked to do. Mm -hmm. um, for example, if they're having to prepare, you know, the ham or the bacon, or, uh, you know, uh, wear a certain uniform that might not conform to religious yeah. standards for specific genders or interactions. They need to uh, try for prayer or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm wondering if the nature of the work doesn't align well with that, possibly. Um, but that's that's just a theory. Um, so I don't know. But you know, you know that Indonesia is the biggest Muslim country. That's a fair point. The, you know that is, you know, you're, that's actually <laughs> a really, really good point. I had no, yeah. uh, had considered that. And Malaysia has a has a, has a huge uh, Indo, uh, uh, Muslim uh, population mm -hmm. as well. But you know what? The other country that I don't see a lot of people from is China. That's true. Yeah. Although it's interesting because uh, the miracle is going to be repositioning itself over to China. It's doing this. Mm -hmm. uh, is it the miracle? Yeah, I think it, it, it's this, this ship, right? Mm -hmm. I forget which one. It was originally going to be the Miracle, and I think maybe they switched it out to another one. What was the ship that was going to be doing the trip to Singapore? Was it the Miracle? No, I think it was the Legend. Uh... Okay, well, I just know that there... It was a Spirit class, though. Yeah, I, I know that... Um, and we announced this a long time ago when our podcast was, was new, uh, that uh, Carnival was expanding to China. And so those plans have shifted as currency and other you know, political situations have changed, but Carnival is still committed to uh, expanding to China. Okay. And so there's this massive uh, uh, trans-Pacific cruise that's repositioning a ship, and it's going to be stopping at Ho Chi Minh City uh, and ending in Singapore that we would very much like to do, but it's, it's very it's long. Not, it's, it's it's, also, it, that's 2019, wasn't it? I think so. October twenty nineteen. Yeah, and and, it, and so it's. I think it leaves out of like L A. five sea days. Then you're in Hawaii for two port days. Then you've got like eight sea days in a row, including crossing the international time barrier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, or the dateline, and then and then yeah. It was a, four, yeah, it was a fourteen day cruise, I believe. Wasn't I was like, it? No, 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 no,
It's a, it's it's pretty long. The fourteen day one that you're probably thinking of is Sam has booked in September a reposition from the Breeze, which oh, is repositioning yeah. from uh, from Galveston, and it's hitting all these ports that we have not gone to yet. And yeah. he got an amazing deal on, and we were super jealous of. But yeah. uh, for scheduling reasons, uh, we're we're not yet able to consider going on that, yeah. which is unfortunate because that would be awesome. But uh, just thinking back to uh, Isabel's question, if anyone listening has a theory or information as to why uh, you think that uh, certain certain uh, regions are less represented in the staff of Carnival Vessels, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can reach out to us through email, for example, team at vacationimpossible.ca. Uh, we're also on Twitter at vacayimpossible, so feel free to reach out to us. We're on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Vacation Impossible. Uh, we'd love to hear from you and uh, any theories or information you might have about that particular question because we do not know the answer. So uh, another thing we wanted to cover, we've talked about this before, the Future Cruise Program. Um, you know, we talked about when they initially started uh, winding it down on certain fantasy class vessels. There were four initially. Uh, and then we recently talked, more recently talked about how it just ended. Um, basically, is you know, uh, we basically said that it's dead. <laughs> uh, but we want to clarify exactly what the current state of the Future Cruise program is because it's not fully dead. Oh, um, it's just not good. <laughs> uh, so basically, it's you have sick. It's yeah, it's it seems to be in uh, end of life care or something. I don't know because <laughs> there's so very little you get out of it. And so here are the details. Um, after you complete your cruise, you have a two week period where you can book your next cruise under this program. And so you'll receive an email with an offer code. And that offer code only gets you $50 of onboard credit, regardless of how long the sailing is, which is not nearly as good as the deal used to be. And that $50 is only eligible on the early saver program. So you have to be booking fairly well in advance to qualify. And the few times where it looks like that has worked for us, there was some other offer that was better. We've never actually used it because it's simply not good enough. Um, and so that's sort of where it stands. We thought, and we had been told, that they were doing away with the Future Cruise presentation. Uh, but there was one offered on this sailing. So the Future Cruise presentation is still a thing, but the Future Cruise desk is no more. Um, and that was both good and bad, because you know you could talk to somebody, they have all the ship maps, they used to be able to run uh, that, that through with you. Uh, but the last time we did it, when we tried to book here, we asked for a balcony cabin, and we got a French door, and we didn't realize it until months later. Um, and those are not the same thing. They're not even classified as the same thing. So we eventually uh, ended up upgrading through, uh, we finally got a PVP, uh, Raymond, who's, who's, who does a good job. Uh, and he was able to upgrade us to a balcony at a minimal cost at the same time as a price drop. But um, yeah, the, 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 the future cruise desk is gone. And uh, the program, $50 onboard credit, early saver only. And you have up to two weeks after your sale. So don't don't worry about it when you're on the ship. Don't waste your vacation time on that. Wait until you're back on land and you can look at things. And if it works out for you, you layer it on maybe something else. That's fine. But it's honestly not a very compelling deal. Yeah. Yeah. So we can't recommend it. Speaking of deals, um, Carnival has shut down the fair viewer. Now, not everyone knew about this, but... If you were booked on a Carnival cruise and you wanted to know if the price was going to drop, there are some third-party things out there. You have a travel agent, they might keep an eye on it for you. There might be some apps that track it, I don't know. But if you want to just stick with Carnival official stuff, there was something called the Fair Viewer. You plug in your sale date, your category, like specifically down to the number letter, I'm in 4K, you know, uh, 4J, whatever. Um, how many people, it would tell you what the price, the base cruise price is, so you could compare to what you paid. If it's lower, you call in and you get that money. Um, if you hadn't fully paid, uh, then your, your amount owing would be reduced. If you had already fully paid, the cost reduced would appear as an onboard credit. Hmm. 
So um, they shut down the Fairviewer after it had been not functioning for about a month and a half. Uh, through our Vacation Impossible Twitter account, at Vacay Impossible, we were co trying to contact, uh, um, you know, Carnival on Twitter. And we were trying a variety of different ways to reach out to them, saying, hey, this website's not, this part of your website's not working. And after about a month and a half of it not functioning, they just shut it down because they said it was unpopular. And so I have to ask, really? It was a tool that helped people save money on their cruises. Was it unpopular or is this an effort to save money so that it makes it harder for people to figure out if there's been a price drop? Maybe it was unpopular for Carnival. Ah, ah maybe know. unpopular for shareholders. Ah, I don't know. <laughs> Talking um, about which, by the way, I have something to say about that. Well, sure. I mean, that's pretty much it, is that the Fairviewer is gone. If you, if you have a compelling third-party option, we'd love to hear from you if it's worked well for you. Because uh, I think Sam is, uh, uses, I think, the Shipmate app, but I haven't tried it. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you're on the Early Saver program and you got price protection, you really need to be the one doing the work of checking the prices. Now, joining certain Facebook groups is a good way of doing that mm -hmm. uh, because I know if I find a price drop, first I'll get it for myself, then I'll go to the sailing uh, group on Facebook for that particular sailing or even a more general one. Uh, you know, we, we have a, a group we run called Canadian Carnival Cruisers, for example, and I'll post about it there saying, hey, people, check your prices. And sometimes I've been the benefit of that. Uh, but... Um, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that the carnival tool itself was shut down. And they said it was because it was unpopular, but it was at a time that people on Cruise Critic and Twitter and Facebook were all, you know, screaming that it wasn't working. Yeah. And so it, the, the, our small sample size doesn't reflect their claim that it's unpopular. Yeah. So uh, we do have a shareholder with us, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so, yeah, some years ago we, we uh, bought uh, shares in... Uh, uh, at Carnival. Uh, one thing that's uh, important to know, if you don't know it yet, is that uh, um, uh, it, if, if you're married like we are, or you know, a family, uh, it's only one person who can claim that per cabin. So, so mm -hmm. there's no point in like, you know, two people, like husband and wife buying shares. Uh, so Did that's, you know? yeah. So <clears throat> even if you both had 100 shares each, you would only qualify once? Yes. Wow. wow, that is that is disappointing. Yes, yeah, so it's okay. weird that they would provide a disincentive. Almost. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't understand that either. Uh, um, so, uh, and the, then the other thing is, like, unfortunately, our uh, um, a cruise person is not not called Raymond and is <laughs> not that great. And so, what happens is, there's also this weird system. Is like, you know, when you book your cruise, within a certain amount before you sail, you know, you should do it like at least two or three weeks before that you have to fax and prove that you have, uh, uh, that you are a shareholder. You, know, you can get that from your broker. Um, so, um, but you can only fax it. You can't scan it in, you can't email it, you have to fax it. And you know how faxes work. Yeah. You know, you don't know if they work. Yeah. So yeah. then the next thing you have to do is you have to email them and say, did you get our fax? So uh, um, my husband did that and our not Raymond uh, um, didn't reply to him. And then we kind of forgot about it. And so we arrive here and guess what? No shareholder credit. And so the next the next part of that was that, that you know, we immediately went downstairs. It was great, by the way, if you ever uh, uh, want to like get immediate guest services, do it at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> that was perfect. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or, or be platinum, platinum or diamond because you got the express line. Okay, okay. <laughs> that works too. <laughs> so anyway, I talked to someone. She said like, there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, uh, um, you know, send an email to your not Raymond. Uh, so, so uh, um, next opportunity, a husband sends email to not Raymond and said, "What's going on?" 
and uh, does not receive a reply. And then, and then, so we went back to the uh, guest services. The next person from guest services said, well, the other thing that you could do is, you, you know, really what you should do, and here, here's a tip, you should always have a copy of your, of your confirmation on you when you go to the ship, regardless. We learned that now. But oh. so the next thing we can do, she said to us, and I wish the person at three o'clock in the morning would have said that to us, is you know why don't you just uh, contact your your uh, broker and have them ship it ship it to us? Well, by that time it was you know we what didn't have any cruise? well m more than that we didn't have access to Wi-Fi anymore, and and like you know buying extra Wi-Fi from Carnival so that maybe <clears throat> you get a hundred dollars for the last day of the cruise. Yeah. That's that's no. It's not especially practical. especially no. knowing how how slow uh, Carnival Wi-Fi is. By the way, yeah. that's one of my complaints. Yeah. All of their uh, uh, yeah, um, um, it's been dodgy at best. Yeah, and, and the hub has been has been bad. Anything. Yeah. Anyway, so so uh, the moral of the story is like, always bring your confirmation, your shareholder confirmation with you, and don't bother having more than per, one person buy the uh, buy their shares. You you would think though that that would be information readily available, like with all the data mining that they all so clearly do. Yeah, how do uh, they not know? Like they that should yeah. be everywhere like every single screen of for anything that's done right. it's shareholder it should that should be a flag that pops up for every yeah. single bloody screen because it's a shareholder you want to make the shareholders happy because yeah. you want them to buy more shares you know? yeah. and but, you don't but, want them to or, or to hold it long yeah exactly you yeah. don't want them to offload their shares you don't want to give them a reason to be like you know what you're not treating me like a shareholder should be treated and i'm going to dump my shares and that's exactly the situation <laughs> that we're in right now it's like you know it's, it's these experiences are not really worth it and the carnival shares are not that great right now so we're probably going to sell them uh, and the other thing that's that's happening is that my husband told me that that uh, um they're, you know, the people who deal with the shareholder stuff, they're their own little world apart and nobody really communicates with them. Like the, <coughs> like the spa. <laughs> and, and the same, <coughs> and I, I had the same impression when I was dealing with uh, guest services. They kind of like seemed like, oh no, we can't talk to them. And like, oh. it's like, why would you, you're right. Like, why would you do that? Like, why would you not kind of make it super easy and attractive to be a carnival shareholder? I don't get it. Well, I agree. I'm going to play devil's advocate on two points. One, um, I do think that possible one concern that they might have is that people would dump their shares um, between proving uh, between a certain point of proving it and going on the cruise. So that's probably why they want it to be like within the, I think it's six to two weeks before the cruise that you send in confirmation. Because let's say on January 1st, you have this shares and um, you send in confirmation and you would hope that that would last for like a year or something and you go on six cruises throughout the year. But if you sold it the very next day, given the lack of integration, they wouldn't know. So uh, in terms of them sending in some, some manner of proof, I'm suspecting that's part of why you have to do that ongoing. That the makes sense. The well, yeah, that makes sense. That makes total sense. The second thing I'm thinking about is that the shares that you own are in the Carnival parent company, not the Carnival yeah. itself. Yeah. Yeah. Because like Princess and the other lines, the Carnival operates. And so uh, for one thing, I believe some of the benefits are different between the different lines, uh, even though it's the same thing but uh so they are somewhat different uh corporate entities to a degree yes and given the given the fact that one is sort of the parent company um and that they are publicly traded uh there there might need to be some uh either structural organizational or maybe regulatory reason why they're limited in how they can communicate with each other i i don't know 
Yeah, that's possible. I mean, it's one of the things that that underscores that is that, uh, um, uh, you know, we get, uh, um, you know, how Holland and Princess, I mean, it's all carnival, right? And so, so, but clearly, uh, um, they don't, they never acknowledge that, like, you know, you have to actually know that. Mm-hmm. And, and like, for example, we, t- we get, t- I get tons and tons of email from carnival, like, you know, at least three a week. Uh, um, we, we went with Holland once, and they have never followed up with us. So they they clearly have like totally different kind of like they're different people. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. they, they see themselves as serving different client bases, and so they yeah. probably tailor it in uh, in different ways if their mm-hmm. audience is a little different. Um, but it's it's interesting. This is kind of a nice segue to some uh, base carnival basics ca- uh, topics I want to cover. So um, one thing that we try to do on the podcast from time to time recently is cover some very basic things about. Uh, carnival that people might not know, uh, particularly if it's their first or second sailing. And so uh, the next couple topics are going to be uh, <laughs> carnival basics. So if you're an experienced carnival cruiser, you might want to jump ahead a little bit in the podcast uh, over the next two topics. The first one is carnival Wi-Fi. So when you're on the carnival ship, there is Wi-Fi on the ship that you can connect to with your phone. And uh, if you get the Carnival Hub app, you have access to different information like charges to your account and, uh, you know, menus at different restaurants and things like that. Um, And you can also, even if you don't have the app, you can access some very basic Carnival uh, sites where you can download the Fun Times, which is your itinerary of all the events in the next 24 hours. And you can also search future cruises because that's the thing we do a lot when we're on these ships um, is, you know, we, we think we're inspired and we think, oh, we want to go on our next cruise. And so you can do a lot of searching there. Uh, my experience has only been using those two things, um, the Hub app and the free sites. And I found that Connecting is actually pretty good. I'm able to stay connected all the time, to- almost all the time. I'll be connected in the bathroom and in the elevator and the you know wherever I go. Um, but it's super slow uh, to search cruises. So the Carnival site, if I want to yeah. log into yeah. my account, if I forget, if I've been on 18 or 19 cruises, how many ships, whatever, if I wanted to log in and look at my profile to see that, that is painfully slow. Yeah. Um, Painful. Like like 486 slug. It's like yeah. dial up slow. Yeah. 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 Um, so I was going to say, during our comedy night last night, I sat next to a, a girl who uh, had internet on her phone, and she was looking at Instagram. And yeah. I asked her, oh, so have you taken, have you done the uh, uh, Carnival Wi-Fi? She goes, yeah, it's not worth it. She goes, I, I, I can't believe I paid whatever amount that she paid. It's like, I don't recommend it. It's slow. It's horrible. Don't do it. Just go look for free Wi-Fi. I think it also depends a little bit on the ship itself, because I bought the, so- the social media package in, uh, on the legend. Yeah. Um, uh, when we went to Alaska, uh, and it's the only reason, it's the only time I ever did it, um, and the only reason I did it is because uh, our son's best friend was really sick at that time, and so it was at the hospital. So I wanted to kind of be able to keep an eye on things in just in case things changed while we were on the ship. Not that we could have done anything about it, but at least we would have you know. known yeah. something mm-hmm. was going on. Um, but uh, uh, and I didn't really have many issues with the Hub app or or with uh, the Wi-Fi. For the social media package there, so I think the def- the varying ships really does make a big difference mm-hmm. because on the legend definitely didn't have these problems, but on this ship, um, yeah, it's constantly I'm constantly connected, not connected, connected, not connected. Yeah. It's 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 yeah. it's Me it's too. a it's a, it, it, yeah okay the, you know the chat app for for the hub is only five dollars, um, so it's like you can only get so annoyed at five dollars. Yeah, I mean, had I got the social media package, I would have been far more annoyed than I currently am but yeah. I mean I'm definitely I'm definitely annoyed and irked and whatnot because I did spend the five bucks and it's like you expect you know it's a it's a very basic 
functionality. It's really just Messenger. You would expect yeah. the Messenger to be consistent. Because um, it's not like you have the ability to message anyone, anywhere. It's just the specific people that you've added on your on your thing, right? uh, on your on your list. And um, it's it, it's it's not a very you know super you know huge program or anything like that. And, yeah. um, it's just yeah. So it, it was frustrating that it just it's just not consistent in how it works. I actually have this theory that all of Carnival's IT is is really not that great. I mean, even their even their website isn't that great. But wasn't and there a, sorry? Wasn't there a chat that you that somebody sent you a message? Like was it Tova or somebody that you didn't get it for like two days? Yeah, I mean, mine's actually been mostly good, mm -hmm. but there were two messages that I got rather late, and one was like two days late, one was like a couple of hours late. Uh, in the hub app, and so is that the app or is it the Wi-Fi that's the problem? That's that's prob that's difficult mm, to know. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so on the legend, when you had the Wi-Fi social package, yeah. the way that it worked on the legend, did you think you got your money's worth out of it? I think I did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I guess it kind of depends. I think it depends on the ship, your device, and where the ship is located. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. we were going up the coast of British mm -hmm. Columbia, Canada, and into Alaska, and yeah. then back again. And so we're not necessarily out in the open ocean. And I don't know necessarily what kind of internet options are available mm -hmm. in Alaska, how much of it is satellite-based, but it might have better satellite coverage because yeah. we were kind of Perhaps. closer to civilization rather than if we did it. I, we didn't do it for Hawaii, but had we done, you know, three days into the Pacific, you know what? Yeah. What's your coverage like there? And also, weather could be a big factor yeah. here too, because mm -hmm. it is satellite. And so, if there's if there's a storm, if there's cloud cover, if there's things like that, and there's other factors too. Uh, bandwidth. Actually, it would be interesting to, so. to to know how much. I've always wondered how much it would cost to get a satellite Wi-Fi, hmm. and, and whether it would cost the same as as actually getting it on here. I mean, like a satellite phone or something. Yeah, like like do, not through you Carnival? Your own hotspot here? Well, like, come along with your own satellite dish? <laughs> no, I mean, I mean you, can get, you can get connections. You can get satellite connections, right? Can't you? I don't think on our kind of phones. I don't mm, know. You need to I have think a special would... phone for that? I think, yeah, a satellite phone, a satellite I would imagine. Phone, I yeah, and I'm not even sure satellite phones support data. No, I don't, I don't think so. It's just from when you're not in the... I haven't looked at it since, like, 2005. Range. Though. You need the satellite for it. Um, so yeah, the Wi-Fi has so many different uh, things. It could be your device. It could be how many people are using it at that time, where the ship is located, the age and upkeep of the ship and its IT stuff, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the weather. So many different things could go in. So it seems like the experience, it really is a gamble yeah. because we had that good experience on the ledger. You did, rather. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like more often than not, I do not hear complimentary things no. about the pay Wi-Fi. Most people seem to think that it's not really worth it. Uh, I know that Sam uses it more when he when he goes solo. Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't. He he says it's a little slow, but he can make it work. Um, but again, it's it's hit or miss. So um, my personal thought is I don't recommend paying for the Wi-Fi. I do recommend using the free stuff as it's available, but uh, I don't think it's worth paying for. And the other thing is, I think part of the whole idea of a cruise and a vacation is to disconnect and yeah, get get away from those sorts of demands for your time. I sometimes joke that like on Facebook or Twitter somebody will like post a link and then they'll tag me in it and it'll be like a 5,000 word article and I'm like oh I have homework tonight. I have I have reading. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so you can get, get away from that and I'm not saying that it's, it's all a bad experience and that you need a technology detox or anything but at the same time open yourself up to unexpected and different experiences and being disconnected is one of those one mm -hmm. of those ways yeah. you can do that I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah I mean, uh, you can do your nice. wife hunting on the port days you know. Yeah. Which is fun yeah. like that's the thing if you don't want to pay for an excursion or uh, overpriced beverages or whatever yeah. I find it kind of fun 
fun going around hunting for Wi-Fi. I'll see things. Like, oh, a chicken! Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for Wi-Fi and I'll find a chicken. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and allow yourself to have those unexpected, you know, uh, uh, memories formed basically by, by, by you know, trying something a little bit different that way. And, and disconnecting is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all the more power to you if you like to do it. Um, feel free. Go ahead. But just know that it is a gamble. Uh, so specifically talking about the Carnival Hub app, especially for you or first or second time cruisers, what is the Carnival Hub app? So this is an app that you can download onto your Android or Apple device prior to getting onto the ship. You cannot download it while on the ship. You have to get it through your own Wi-Fi or wireless uh, connection. Yeah. So um, you download it and you don't need to do anything until you get on the ship after it's downloaded. You put in your folio number, which is the four digit number on your uh, sale and sign card and your birth, uh, what is it, month and day, um, and then it logs you in and it links to your account and it has a bunch of wonderful functions. So it links to your account, you can see in real time the charges. So for example, one of the ways I've used that is I've been at the, the main dining room and I've ordered a beverage and it's been a little while and I'm, I'm wondering if they forgot about my beverage. I can go into the app and see if they've charged me for it. Mm-hmm. And even if it's like, even if you have the bottomless bubbles and it's a, and it's a drink, that you've ordered that's that's included with your package, it'll show up as a $0 charge, assuming they've done it correctly. And so I can see, oh, no, they did not totally forget about my drink because they ran it through their computer. And so I'll know it's coming. Uh, And so that kind of stuff is nice. And so with one or two days left on the cruise, if you hadn't prepaid your gratuities, that'll show up as a line item. I'm sure we all really enjoyed seeing that $90 charge appear on our account uh, (laughs) yesterday uh, for this cruise. And, uh, and so that's nice. And you can also see if things have been charged inaccurately or, or what have you. Now, it's not necessarily completely real time with gratuity. I'm not talking about the, the, the set gratuities. But if you give a 50 cent tip to somebody who brought you a drink, that can often take like a day and a half to get entered in because you oh, write really? that down and they have a stack of them. And it's just when they have time, they go of through course. and they data enter oh. those. And so if they're okay. very busy, uh, yeah. I've noticed up to a two day lag on like a 50 oh. cent tip for a free drink that I gave to somebody who brought it to me in unusual circumstances yeah. or did oh, a very okay. good job. And so uh, that can even happen after you leave the ship. So that's one thing to watch out for is that additional gratuity. If it hasn't oh. already posted, you might see the charge to your credit card be you know a dollar dollar fifty more it might have been those last couple additional gratuities being charged um but by and large the app is a really good way to to keep an eye on that however especially when you get into platinum and you start getting some freebies how it displays is a little weird um so for example as a platinum person you get uh free laundry uh but to a limited amount depending on the length of the sale so on this seven day we would have been able to have three free bags of laundry done now, if we didn't have that, they'd call, cost $15 each. Yes. So the way it displays in the app is it starts off with a $45 non-refundable credit. And it's intentionally just to be zeroed against $15 charges for the for the laundry that goes through. It's a little complicated, but um, uh, but for people who haven't yet got to the platinum level, uh, I think the way it displays is fairly intuitive. And so no. that's... <laughs> no. No? Absolutely not, no. <laughs> All right. And I can vouch that I've done my laundry through the laundrettes that are here mm. and it's about half price so it's about 750 to do a to, load of laundry, to do a load of laundry and do the work yeah. yourself yeah okay three dollars for the washing machine three dollars for the dryer and then a dollar fifty for the uh, soap and so when you do that um, do you use your sale and sign card or yes. do you need cash no you use your sale and sign card you you uh, you enter you put your clothes into the washing machine uh, each machine it has a number on it and uh, there's a device behind it. You just plug your card in, 
asks you for the machine number, you hit the machine number, it'll tell you, okay, you're being charged $3, hit enter, and it automatically starts up. Is it a full-size uh, full size washer? It is a full-size regular house washer, yeah. Oh, yeah, like, oh house? Like, well, is like, our commercials? Any, no, it's, just, it's not one of the big ones. It's like just a regular... Like if you were to go to uh, the uh, laundromat A laundromat, just... Nah, it's, I would say it's smaller than that. Just Would you say smaller than that? Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd say it's just like a regular household. Yeah. Yeah, yeah regular household. Yeah. Like an okay. old one, though. Yeah. But yeah, not yeah. like a Samsung or anything like that. Yeah. But yeah. an old, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. It's good. It takes about half an hour to wash, half an hour or forty-five minutes to dry, and it's good. That's not bad. Actually. They, they should they yeah. should allow the platinum users to still have that credit, but allow them to go to Walgreens and do it themselves. That's an interesting yeah. idea. I mean, it's more work, so it's not as good a but service. But, but I guess not, it's immediate. But so yeah, it's immediate, that. and it's not work that they have to do. So you should allow the option of. You can get it done, do it, you can get someone yeah. else to do it for you, they can do the washing, pull the storage, and all that sort of stuff, or you can get the same amount of credit, mm-hmm. uh, but using the laundry service yourself. Yeah. That's not a bad idea, yeah. It's a good suggestion. Carnival, if you're listening, it's a thought, might not be hard for you to do. Um, and I also like the fact that the self-service nature of that, because I desperately want the Coca-Cola freestyle machines to yeah. be on these ships yes. with self-service. Because yes. on certain ships, like the Inspiration and the Sunshine, they've got the pour-your-own-beer station, pour-your-own-wine station. So if you want the alcohol, which I, you know, you think would have more control over it than soda... You know, you're able to yeah. do the self-service. You swipe your card, you enter your, you know, probably your birth date or whatever, uh, and then you just pour it yourself. You don't have to wait for bar staff. Yeah. But you can't, they, they don't yet have it for, for uh, soda. And uh, I did a couple sailings back, ask a, a senior beverage manager of a ship, and they are looking into getting those things, but there are certain logistics about how they how they secure the, the machine, because it needs to be bigger, uh, and all the different lines and how they would service it. But that is something that Coca-Cola and Carnival Cruise Lines are working on. Uh, they confirmed to me on Twitter a couple years ago that they're working on it, and so hopefully that's still moving okay. forward. Um, but getting back to the Carnival Hub app, so um, you can look at your account. It may or may not be clear, depending on what you have going on in the complexity. But at least it's a place you can check in near real time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, as, as Mindy mentioned earlier, there is the chat function, uh, which um, I think, when it works, is fantastic. Yes. And so it's $5 per person per cruise. Mm-hmm. So no matter how long your cruise is, if there's, say, three people in your cabin and you want each one to buy that chat uh, function, it's going to be $15 for the three of you to stay connected. Uh, regardless of duration or if only two of you want it you can do it that way not everyone in a cabin has to get it and then you can add people and you can search by name and yeah. it, I think it does search everybody on the ship yeah, yeah. it does uh, yeah. and so that you can add them that way and so you can chat with pretty much anyone um, but they will of course will not receive a message unless they've paid for the chat program as well yes uh, and so depending on the size of your group the size of the ship and the duration of your sail it can be a really good thing to do uh, and so we've been using it quite a bit, mm-hmm. um, but there have been the odd messages being delayed by an hour or a day. Yeah. Uh, and so one thing that we figured out here on our last day of the trip <laughs> <laughs> is what we, we, we've taken to doing is putting time codes at the end of our messages mm-hmm. so that we know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, how long has it been sitting there? Because the, the way that it displays, you can tell very easily who it's from, but you can't tell when it was sent or received. Yeah, it's not super clear. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can. It, yeah, it depends yeah. on if yeah. there's like a huge string or not, and if there isn't, then you can kind of tell. It's, it's, it's not super clear. Yeah, you it's... You get a general idea as to when it was sent. Yeah, and I mean, I've encountered this in other programs from time to time in different iterations too, BBM, yeah. WhatsApp, whatever, where if you're having a back and forth, it won't give you a time code for each message. But if there's been a gap with no messages and then a message comes in, it'll have a new time code. Um, but it, I'm not sure what that threshold is, and it's and it's hard. Like, it'd be nice if you could just hover over the message, yeah. you know, and it would display information. 
yeah. uh, about when it was sent or received, that would be nice. But they are constantly updating the app. Just the other day, we updated the app. A lot of us did when we had free Wi-Fi because they did uh, release an update that actually put a little carnival icon at the top. That, the funnel. With the funnel, which is cool. It looks nice, but at the same time, you can't make it go away. So it's one more icon, and it's notification. Stay connected with the Hub app. You can't make that notification go away. It's there always. So I'm hoping in a subsequent update, maybe they'll make that a setting that you can turn off or dismiss the notification. But the point is, they are constantly updating it. And uh, a while back, we were on the Glory when they were first testing it out, a beta test, and they let us use it for free. Mm -hmm. And it was super buggy with the chat then. It was constantly logging us out, but it was free, so we couldn't complain. But it had facial recognition software, right. and it was trying to tie that into your pictures. Hmm. So the pictures that the crew take, uh, it, it, you know, from your profile picture, tried to use facial recognition to figure out what your pictures were. And Sam and I, it thought we're the opposite person which was kind of funny because we're not a lot alike <laughs> visually speaking um, <laughs> I haven't seen it before or since so I'm thinking that they decided not to do it for one thing they put watermarks on it but you can still screenshot it so were people kind of trying to steal the pictures that way I don't know um, but for whatever reason it seems like Carnival's not pursuing that but there are other things it can show you all the different events going on like the fun times and you can go in and you can favorite them and then you can look at all your favorites so it's basically built a custom itinerary yeah. And it'll give you a 15-minute notification prior to each one of those favorites occurring. So it'll give you some warning. Oh, i got to get to the comedy club. Now, the comedy club, specifically, you're going to want to go earlier, yes. depending on the popularity and the size of the ship. Yeah, you generally want to go about 30 minutes early. Yeah, 30 minutes if you want to guarantee a seat. But if you're willing to risk it, yeah, 15 maybe. Depends on the size of the ship. Your mileage will vary. So, um, But that's really quite nice. And it includes things like when all the guests have to be back on the ship or when the last tender leaves port. So those, are, those can be very useful notifications. So that's really good. You can look at what's open at any given time. Here's all the food places that are open right now. All places you can get a drink. Here's the, here's the menu for the main dining room tonight. Yeah. You can look at that. Uh, so a lot of those functions are really good. And one thing I've noticed, since the Hub app has become more and more popular, the fun times has been getting a little smaller. I don't know if you've noticed. Oh, um, it, 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 it used to be two full pages with yes. a fold over on each yes, side. Yes, I've noticed that too. And it's getting smaller. And, and so, for example, the other day, I was curious whether or not it was Cruise Casual or Cruise Elegant for the dress code. And, I want, and my phone uh, was charging, so I wanted to just look at the, the fun times. Uh, and it wasn't on there. The dress code wasn't on the fun times. Uh, except a little bit at the front page. I wasn't able to find it. But it used to have the full blurb yeah. on the fun times explaining what it was. The blurb wasn't there. On the front page it just said cruise casual. But it didn't explain what it meant. Huh. And so information like that, you know, smoking areas and, and open times and stuff like that, it seems like they're moving more towards the digital. But they're not getting rid of the paper by any means. So, you know, if you, have, if you don't have an Apple or Android phone, you're, you're, you'll be okay with the paper copy. But it does seem they're just there's a shift. down, getting rid of all the extraneous information. Yeah, yeah. and so uh, you know, from an environmental standpoint, I can appreciate that because they're using less ink and less paper. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, people whose phone battery could be dead or might not have a compatible phone or just not want to have the app. Maybe uh, a little less for them, so a little bit more uh, value in doing research. If you're not going to have the Hub app with you uh, before you go, you can buy your excursions on the Hub app. Which yes. is uh, yeah. interesting. Which is, yeah. On the Splendor cruise that we went on uh, not too long ago, uh, we were coming into, it was the night before we went to Cabo San Lucas, and we were thinking about different excursions, and I wanted very desperately to see Land's End. Because we had been before, and I didn't get a really good look at it. And there was an excursion, it looked like there only had one thing remaining. So Glenn and I, because Glenn wanted to do it as well, we got, into, we got into the app, and we were basically, we didn't know if we could both book at the same time, or if one truly meant one, or what. 
Uh, and so we were like, three, two, one, click, three, two, one, click, trying to coordinate. Uh, and I got it and he didn't, and I had a wonderful time. <laughs> uh, but when the app says only eight remaining, only one remaining, they mean it. <laughs> yeah. They're not being cute about it. There doesn't seem to be a buffer there. Uh, so, But it's really cool because you can be at dinner, just decide, you know what, tomorrow I'm doing this. Uh, and well, that's what, that's what we did for dinner. Yeah, we, we yeah. yeah, exactly. And then it, and then the tickets are delivered to your cabin overnight. Yeah. Uh, if they're not, you can just go down to guest services and give them your sign and sale card. They'll see you were charged and they'll reprint the ticket for you. So that because I had to do that one time because uh, I had ordered some tickets. They arrived. Sam put them somewhere that made sense to him, but not to me. And I thought we never received them. And I got up early and I went and got reprints and everything was fine. Um, so there's a lot of great functionality built into the Hub app. It can be frustrating. Um, they are constantly working on it, and so hopefully it'll get to a place mm -hmm. where the chat is a little bit more reliable. Mm -hmm. yeah. But again, just like, hey, I'm going up to Lido, and then just like put like hyphen 138 p.m. so people know yeah. when you sent the message. For now, that's a workaround that works well. I still think it's a lot better than writing notes and knocking on doors and phoning cabins, Way not knowing, better. not knowing if people are awake. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to wake somebody up. But maybe I don't want to go to breakfast by myself. This yeah. solves that problem, mm -hmm. well, but not totally reliable. And it's good for us because we have we have a young child, and, and but you know fairly independent, and and so it, we're able to kind of keep in touch with him, and he can let us know, hey, I'm going here, I'm going there, or whatever. Um, so we have a general idea now, more so now, with the with the app, you know where he's at, pretty much. I mean, if like we basically know if he's not at Camp Ocean, he's either going to be here or up at Lido. Uh, but if he goes somewhere else, he'll let us know. And so we have a general understanding, and, or we'll let him know, hey, we're here or there, mm -hmm. somewhere else. And so it's, it's uh, for those of you who have children who have cell phones um, and who are a little bit on the older side, you know, maybe, uh, or, you know, whatever you decide, um, it's, it's, it's good in that respect to kind of keep tabs on them without having to kind of, you know, have a GPS tracker on them. And, <laughs> and it works on the yeah. Wi-Fi on the ship. So even if you don't have a SIM card, if they use it as a Wi-Fi device, no cellular network connection, no problem. Yeah, because that's, that's the same case with our son. And the other thing that I like about it, and I mean, it's kind of obvious, it's kind of like any other social media uh, and chat, but I mean, you can have all these different groups, like we have, like there's eight, there's eight of us. Yeah. So so we have a group for all eight of us. Yeah. And then, you know, I have a group with, with just with you, another one with Glenn and Tova. And, and uh, so, yeah, I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it is funny because it is inconsistent because most of the time, I can't use emojis, but sometimes I can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you can't send pictures or files. No. Uh, and so, uh, you know, yeah, that would be, be that really would be nice, nice if they could do that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, even if they just compressed them quite a bit, like, you know, everything to no more than half a meg. So you can't mm -hmm. send a 14 meg picture or, you know, a, a 300, mm -hmm. you know, whatever meg video or something. But some ability to send screenshots or small, yeah. small images would be helpful. Um, but uh, no, by and large, it's quite useful. In mm -hmm. fact, it could have been so useful on our first breeze trip because oh, when yeah. we were coming back from Nassau, uh, we were coming back um, and there were so many um, unofficial, unlicensed retailers, let's call them. <laughs> People like trying to be like, they put something on you, want you to pay for it, basically. Super aggressive sales just outside the port in Nassau in the Bahamas. And so uh, in an effort to avoid or just wade through those waters, which felt like swimming upstream, uh, we got separated. And so there was a serious concern where Mindy thought that I hadn't made it back on the ship and the ship was leaving. Yeah. When I had made it back to the cabin, put my bag under the bed and went to go get a snack. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she'd actually come on after me and she was really concerned, call guest services. It was a, it was a concern. Uh, and so the app would have completely prevented yeah, all of that. It would have been like a quick message. Hey, you back on the ship. Yep, I'm getting a drink. Come join me. Would have been a way better experience. Absolutely. So yeah. Carnival's definitely headed in the right direction. They're not 100% of the yes. way there yet, but they, we definitely applaud their efforts. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm kind
constantly thinking of ways that it, they could they could do additional things to the hub app. Like, what if you could order your drinks? Wouldn't that be great? You can't currently, but that would be pretty cool. What yeah. if you could order room service straight from the app? That would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, maybe there's logistical problems. Maybe it's something they'll implement in the future. But uh, I see that as an opportunity for them to make things more efficient. Uh, and and it could probably drive profit or items. Tipping servers that you really like. Yeah, you yeah. To tip servers that you really like. Yeah, or or performers, for example. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've talked extensively in the past about a piano bar entertainers we really enjoy, and we always say bring some cash, bring some singles or smaller bills, mm -hmm. so you can put it in the jar to tip them. But it's not always easy to do. Yeah. There was a performer in the atrium lobby yesterday who was you know performing an Oasis song. If I wanted to give him a tip, uh, he's behind the bar. I can't, I can't get there. <laughs> he might have had a chip, tip jar somewhere. I didn't see it, but it's not a thing that's easily done. But if you could do it in the app to the sign the sale card, so that way you could do it regardless of how much cash you have on you or how accessible the person you want to tip is, mm -hmm. uh, I think that would be very beneficial for both guests and staff. Yes. Another thing that, that I've been thinking about that would be nice on there would be some kind of some sort of public chat with, with uh, you know, someone like Frankie, the, 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 cruise, director. the cruise director or... or or the captain kind of just, you know, to kind of like once in a while exchange, kind of, yeah, ask some questions and or, you know, things like that. I think that would be really neat. It's an interesting idea. Huh. Or they could do like a message board version where yeah. they, like they forum, would, yeah. yeah, I mean, it could require some moderation. So there might yeah. be some people who would have to please it uh, mm -hmm. so that it's not like the same kid asking the captain 10 times, can I drive the boat? Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. there might be some there might be some. Uh, gatekeeping that might need to occur around that that's that's a really good idea or you could submit questions for the Q&A and maybe they pre-vet them yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there, there's a lot of different opportunities they could have there for example when there's a shipboard announcement I have to wonder about the um, uh, hard of hearing individuals who aren't going to hear that yeah because there's no flashing that tells yeah, you yeah. nothing that well, indicates I mean we don't have there I'll actually go and take a picture of this, but if you look carefully, some cabins have buttons on the outside, and so those are cabins for hard of hearing people because it has a light indicator. Oh. It's because knocking will do no good. I did notice that. Uh, and down there's the one, hall. yeah, just down the hallway yeah. here. I'll go take a picture so I can put it up at oh. some point so people can see. Uh, and so I don't know it, what they might have, but what if they're not in their room? Yeah. Uh, or what if it's just hard of hearing, not fully deaf, or something like that? Or what if you sleep through an announcement? Mm -hmm. And some of these announcements can be very important. There was a medical emergency on the basketball court the other day. And so, um, you know, they, they would uh, potentially advise people not to go there. Yeah. Uh, and this is information that would be helpful that for people to have. But if you're taking a boop and you miss the announcement... Yeah. You're yep. not. You're gonna. You're, you're gonna be absent that inf information. So if there was an announce option yeah. or bulletin mm -hmm. option somewhere yeah. in the app where you can, what was the last thing? Because technology has gotten to the point where voice recognition does amazing things. Yeah. People who have all sorts of different uh, challenges, um, you know, who aren't able to use a keyboard or whatever, they can dictate a lot. And that that technology and software has gotten very good. Yeah. Uh, Sam for years has had something on his phone where it will display as a text message the content of any voicemail he receives, mm -hmm. and it has fairly good accuracy it's not 100% but it's good and so he doesn't have to waste his roaming time uh, to call in he'll just get a, a free text message that'll be like oh hey you know hey hey, Sam what are you doing want, want to do dinner later and it'll appear as a text message even though it was spoken oh. so they, sh they, they if they could plug something like that into the PA system you know if there's guests that are missing how many times have we heard oh so and so so and so yeah. please contact guest services 
you know, 7777 because they, they don't know if they're on the ship or not because maybe they got past without scanning their card in mm-hmm. and really, delaying the ship. But you really what you hear is... 7777. Yeah, exactly. And so you could have more clarity. So personally, I like the app quite a bit even though it has its frustrating aspects and I'm very excited to see what they could do in the future. Carnival, if you want suggestions, call me. I've got a laundry list of ideas. So I want to thank our special guest, Mike and Isabella, for joining us on the podcast. That was Isabella's first time on the podcast uh, and so it was wonderful having her here thanks for a great job and uh, yeah so thanks for listening uh, this has been the Vacation Impossible podcast for our special sloth trip we're, we're calling this trip the sloth detail yeah. uh, so we're going to be having videos come out about that uh, please check us out on our various social media platforms uh, most importantly of course is YouTube where uh, we post tons of videos tip videos all sorts of stuff um, and so that's youtube.com forward slash vacation impossible we're on twitter at vacay impossible and uh, all other social media were vacation impossible facebook.com forward slash vacation impossible we're on instagram vacation impossible we're on Flickr. uh you know we're on uh, we're on snapchat although i still haven't really figured out how to use that well <laughs> um we're, we're all over the place so uh do check us out uh, we've got a tumblr vacation impossible.tumblr.com uh, yeah, uh, we'll be breaking up a lot of these little uh, videos into, or this podcast into little uh, YouTube clips, as always. Uh, so if you could please get over them, uh, check them out, uh, give them a like, give them a review, uh, leave, leave some comments to let us know what you think, see, uh, uh, you know, contribute to the conversation. Uh, we don't want it to be this one-sided thing. We want to know what you guys think. We want to know what uh, you feel and uh, the experiences that you've had with Carnival or other cruise lines. Uh, so yeah, uh, check out uh, the upcoming podcast clips on youtube.com uh, forward slash vacation impossible. And uh, you can also reach us by email. So that's team at vacationimpossible.ca. So, uh, you know, uh, feel free to uh, contact us there. Let us know what we're wrong about, what we're right about, topics you want us to cover, Q&A, whatever you'd like. We'd be happy to, uh, to respond as best we can. We always love hearing from you guys. Uh, we've also recently joined a new social media platform called Vero, spelled V-E-R-O. And uh, we're not really sure what it's all about yet, but we're posting some pictures and different videos and things there as well. So uh, we're Vacation Impossible there. Be the first to follow us there. Uh, We've only just joined up. We've posted a couple of things, so check us out. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for the next podcast. And you can uh, subscribe to this podcast on your platform of choice. We're on all sorts of apps. Uh, including um, you know, Podbean, uh, we're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and recently Spotify. Spotify. We've been added to Spotify, so we're very excited there. So, um, you know, depending on the various platforms, please feel free to subscribe, give us a, a review, a like, whatever the, the a platform, follow. a follow, whatever the platform allows, and please share this. Uh, you know, if you found any value in this, uh, you know, it, it really uh, it, it means a lot if you're able to share it so other people can get value out of it too. And uh, other than that, that's, uh, I guess that's about it. Yeah. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.